0: Uncle Marv here with another episode of the Unhealthy Podcast. And if you're new to the show, yeah, you heard that right, unhealthy. And basically, it's my journey to get myself right. Because even though I lived most of my life as an athlete, thought I was in good shape, thought I was healthy, turns out I'm not. And it's not just the health and the fitness and the diet. There's so many other things that play into our health. And we're going to talk about all those things on this show, including mental health, stress, work-life balance, all those things that go into play with how we live our lives. And so today, I have with me a new friend, Lori Seitz, who is the CEO of Zen Rabbit and actually a podcast host herself, a show called Fine is a Four-Letter Word, and uh, that should get your attention. So Lori, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: I am doing good. So, of course, most people are going to start with Zen Rabbit. Okay, that's interesting. What is that?
1: Zen Rabbit is the name of my company. I mean, for one thing, I have a background in marketing, so 30-something years in marketing. The name Zen Rabbit Is so unusual that people do not forget it. They might not remember my name, but they remember Zen Rabbit. So from a marketing standpoint, great name. How did I come up with it?
0: I understand that because most people can't remember any of my stuff, but they'll remember Uncle Marv.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those those little keys that are different to help people remember stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I came up. the name started when I started my first company 20 years ago, and it was a baking company. So it was Zen Rabbit Baking Company. And I was making a product called the Gratitude Cookie as the way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and referral sources. Ran that business for 11 years into the ground. Now, um, no, I, <laughs> I couldn't scale it the way I wanted to. And I ended up shutting it down and doing some other stuff. And when I started my business back up, because everybody still remembered the name Zen Rabbit and associated it with me, I just then created Zen Rabbit 2.0 and Zen Rabbit 3.0, which is probably what we're on now.
0: All right. Nothing wrong with that. People remember the name. It's, It's not exclusive to any particular genre or industry. So roll with it.
1: Right. Well, and it's particularly relevant now to what I'm doing. Even more than ever before. So it just worked out that way.
0: That is true. Zen plays right into what you do. So let me ask this because I, even though I'm going to have your links in the show notes and stuff, people will see your LinkedIn profile. And one of the things that it says that you are is a stress eradication expert. Yes. So we should probably start with what does that exactly mean?
1: I help people resolve and eliminate stress from their life or their response to it. Because what I'm doing is I'm helping people to, to be able to better handle stress. We're not changing outside circumstances because those are, you know, those are going to be what they are, but how do you respond to those circumstances? And there are many different ways. Some people, you know, are hair on fire. My life's a crazy shit show. And other people can stay grounded no matter what's going on around them. So which one do you want to be? And if you want to be in the camp that's able to stay grounded, no matter what kind of tornado, hurricane, whatever is happening, that's where I can help.
0: So so I've been doing a little bit of studying and research and I have found that stress is now being considered one of those factors that we should look at when we're trying to lead a healthy life. So how much of what you're doing kind of falls into that health and mental awareness category? And how much of it is just how much of it is just simply us and our frame of mind and I don't want to say thinking, you know, thinking it through or just, you know, sucking it up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the balance there?
1: All of it. Okay is it's all it's a hundred percent all of that is the same thing. Like whatever you're thinking about is affecting your mental and physical and emotional health. and it's also affecting your productivity and your relationships and a whole bunch of other stuff that you might not consider. But yeah, I mean, when you can be in that place of groundedness, everything everything changes. Your blood pressure, your, um, the hormones that are coursing through your body, the, the hormones, the dopamine, serotonin, um, what's that other one? Oxytocin, like all those feel good chemicals are increased when you are in a state of gratitude or a state of feeling good, joyful, happy. As opposed to when you're stressed, you have tons of cortisol, which is a, I'll call it a bad hormone, but it's a, it, it can cause more, it can cause detrimental effects in your physical health. Um, so we're reversing, not reversing. What's the core? Like, um, we're changing the the chemical mix in your brain chemistry. Right. So you have more of those feel good chemicals, less of the stress hormones.
0: Okay. So I know that a lot of people, a lot of my friends, really will take what's going on around them and blame the circumstances for their situation. Now granted there are things that we simply cannot control and you mentioned that a lot of times it's how we respond to it. Yeah. Um but in terms of you know how we think is it really as simple as, you know, doing things like meditation and Yoga and you know putting yourself in—I uh, I, I don't even know what the state is because this is not like a more relaxed. It, well,
1: it's a more relaxed state. Okay. Yeah, and it really is that simple. I don't know why we have to, as humans, make everything so complicated. And I, you know, I do it too, but but why do we do that? It it really is that easy, and it's it comes down to. It's a matter of figuring out what works for you, you know, like not every diet. And I don't mean diet, like to release weight diet, but like the way that you eat, the foods that you eat, the things that you consume. And actually when I'm referring to diet, it's not just food. It's like, what what are you consuming in terms of the media you're watching or listening to or the environment you're in, everything that you're, that's coming into your body that diet, um, is, is so important to your overall health. So, uh, where was I going with this? (laughs) You were asking.
0: (laughs) I know my question was all over the place. Yeah. 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 But, but here's, Oh yes.
1: Is it really that simple? It really is that simple. And when you are, so how you respond again, like you can't change outside circumstances. Like it's going to rain today. If it's going to rain today, you can't change that. But what you can change is you can be angry about it because maybe it canceled your plans to play golf or whatever it is, or you can accept it and go, Hey, that's what it is right now. I don't have control over that. So what can I do now? Can I go bowling? Can I do something else that's inside? You know, like what can I do now instead of railing against things that you can't control? And that's not to say that you need to be complacent and just go, oh well, that's, you know, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do about the weather, but you can, you can still take action that will move you forward. Does that make sense? Like it's a sense of acceptance and not complacence.
0: Well, I mean, it sort of makes sense. And there's a part of me that understands because I've been somebody who throughout my life, I don't let things get to me Mm -hmm. to a point where it disrupts my life. So, you know, I can look at a situation, okay, well, it's raining, let's go do something else. I can, you know, while golf may be fun and important, there's other things that are fun and important as well. But I can see going the extreme where people are maybe too complacent. And is that like a danger zone on the other side where if we don't react to things or don't adjust where we just, everything is with the flow because to me, I don't want to say those people annoy me, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but they annoy you. (laughs) How can you get, how can you be that complacent and not care?
1: Well, I think you can, there's a difference between being like just giving up okay. and having no will to do anything versus accepting and going with the flow.
0: I think that's what I meant was giving up where people, yeah. they 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 hit an obstacle and then that's it. They're done. That's they it.
1: They're done. done. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, those, that's a choice and they can choose differently anytime they want, but yeah, some people are going to get to that place where they're just like, all right, well, this is just useless. I I give up. And those aren't the people I think. I don't think those are the people we're talking to today. And it's certainly we not might. the people I, I work, I work with. I
0: got lots of friends. So. You
1: got lots of friends. All right. Well, again, it comes back to a choice. Is that how you want to live your life or would you like something better or different? It's, and you you get to decide every day. and if you decided yesterday that everything sucks and you're giving up, you can change your mind today and say, you know what i've I've changed my mind. I do want to get involved. I do want to take action and I want to move forward. That's the cool thing about it as long as you're still breathing, you still have a choice and you can choose different
0: right. So let me take our listeners back because you and I met, I don't know, it was maybe a couple of months ago by now Mm -hmm. uh, through a networking event and we got stuck into a little private chat room and I heard a little bit about your story and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm kind of on that journey too. And you mentioned earlier your backgrounds in marketing. So this isn't what you've always done. So at some point there must've been a light that went off or a trigger or an event or something that changed to make this your, your I don't know if I, life's mission is, is yeah, what we call it, but it is. what was that for you that made you start looking at this?
1: Yeah. So actually it really started when I was 10 years old, my mom took my brother and me to a meditation course that is now known as the Silva method. So I had meditation as a foundational piece of my life. And I didn't practice it for the next, I don't know, 40, 40 years, 35, 40 years, not consistently. And I finally came back to it during a difficult time in my life and started back into it and got into it consistently and meditating. So, and that also was around the same time that I just, it helped me stay calm. I mean, I live in a major metropolitan area where people are notoriously type A. And I was like that for a long time, like competing on how many hours a week you could work and how much stuff you have going on and how busy you are as a badge of honor. That is insanity now that I look back at it. Cause that's not, that's like just craziness. Like you're not necessarily enjoying your life. You're just living busy. Right. So Um, So I mentioned I had the baking company, and then I shut it down. Then I started teaching networking strategies, like how to walk into a room full of people where you don't know anybody and start a conversation to to move your business forward. Uh, And then pandemic, and nobody was going anywhere. And then I had to pivot again. And somebody asked me to come speak to a virtual group about gratitude, which I mentioned the gratitude cookie. So I had been talking about gratitude. Now I was being invited to come back and talk about gratitude again in a different capacity. And that's what drew me back into creating this business now, as it is teaching. I'm on a mission you mentioned mission, mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded, no matter what's going on around them.
0: All right. So now did you start this before the podcast or at the same time which came first
1: It was it around like the-, the same time Okay yeah I think you know the 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 program the original program that I started is called fuck being fine and that started maybe a little bit before the podcast
0: Okay cuz I, w- I was I was going to get there cuz on your Zen Rabbit website when you have your it looks to me like it's three pillars Yes and the first one is the fuck being fine and then your podcast, fine, is a four-letter word. For me, the entire premise is, "Fuck this being fine shit." Right. <laughs> let's, let's get this right. I mean, so that's yeah. where it was kind of like it was all this around that same time.
1: Yeah, it really was all around the same time, and it is that it's it's that time. Like a lot of the people that I work with and um are in this. <sighs> You know, I'm not crazy about the term midlife. I just think that makes us sound old, but they're in their forties and fifties and they're looking at their lives going, okay, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20 and not that the last 20 were terrible, but how do I want to live moving forward? For a lot of people, their kids are growing up and don't need them the same way they did before their parents are getting older and passing away. Uh, they see the same thing happening with friends. Maybe they've been in a job for 20 years and it's not satisfying. And they're just looking and going, okay, how much time do I have left? Because nobody knows. What do I want to do with this time? Like you've had time to experience some life and maybe have some, um, some great experiences and maybe some that were more challenging. And now you're evaluating. What is it that will bring me joy and things have been fine, but maybe you want more than fine. Maybe you want fantastic. Maybe you want amazing and it is possible. So that's my th- thing. It is possible. You don't have to stay stuck at fine.
0: All right. That's where I'm at. And that's, so I've been trying to develop this for a while and just so that, you know, and I yeah. simply looked at, and I call it the first half of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say how many years it is, but it's like okay, yeah, those were good. Those were okay. I thought I was doing everything right, and exactly what you're saying. Uh, parents are getting up there, and friends are friends are getting sick. Mm-hmm. Friends are dying, but some of it I look at. Some of those events could have been prevented. Uh, some of them are in situations where they've allowed life to just stack up on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I cannot allow that to happen to me. You know, I, it's, you know, it's not like I'm in a bad situation. My, you know, right. my life is good. My job is good. My health is relatively good, but yeah. you know, I could, you I could lose a few pounds, you know, I could work less hours, you know, I could have a better relationship with my wife. Those are all things that, I'm okay. Let me start working on that and figure out what that is. So I I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm I'm right there.
1: Well, circling back to the, the whole thing of acceptance, it's like, okay, this is where I am today. Like everything that I did in the past has led me to where I am. I can't change the past, but I can change starting from here. Now, what do I want? What does it look like moving forward? And how do I create that? And that's where it comes back to this whole idea of, what you think about, uh, I was going to say what you think about you become, but it is true what you think about affects the, how you, how your life turns out. Like If you look at everything and go, you just see problems, you just see problems and things that are wrong and you're complaining and criticizing all the time, it's miraculous how more things to complain and criticize show up in your life. On the other side of the coin, if you are finding gratitude, no matter what's going on around you, more things to be grateful for will show up in your life. This is energetically, scientifically proven and supported with research because we are energetic beings. So when we put out the negative energy, we get back negative energy. You put out positive, you get back positive.
0: So been watching a lot of YouTube. Yes. Some of it's good. Some of it's a little crazy, <laughs> but a lot of the experts, and it's not just in health and fitness and mind. And, uh, you know, when it comes to finances, when it, you know, they're always talking about what you surround yourself with is what, you know, what you become. Mm-hmm. If you surround yourself with wealthy people, you'll learn to be wealthy. If you surround yourself with poor people, <laughs> you'll be poor, mm-hmm. uh, Healthy people in terms of diet and stuff. So all of that seems true. But I guess the question is, how do people learn to change what they you mentioned consume earlier? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that we're allowing in our lives, whether it's you know, television friends, work, that sort of stuff. Is that the type of stuff that you help people with?
1: Yeah, it's really a matter of re rewiring your brain, which sounds really complicated, right? Like, how do I rewire? But you're in computers, systems, IT. Yeah. It's installing new software. So how do you do that? I mean, for humans, you know, right. computer, you, you know how to do that. For humans, it it's in, involves changing the beliefs that are wired into your brain, which have been installed since the day you were born. Sometimes even before you were born, because you can hear things. I get so I've well heard that you can hear things when you're in the room. So you know if there's a lot of chaos going on around when you're um, before you're born, you can absorb that. But so it's a matter of rewire. How do you rewire your brain? How do you rewire the the other than conscious programming that's running the show? Because a lot of the research you may have seen too is that your conscious mind, which is what we're functioning with right now as we're awake and that only runs five percent of the show the other than conscious mind where all those beliefs have been installed is running 95 percent. so you could say consciously i am am wealthy i am successful but the subconscious mind is going no you're not you know you're not you're a loser you know because you've been programmed over years to you know nothing ever works out for you you're you know everything's going to fall apart whatever those beliefs that have been wired in. So, how do you rechange? How do you change them? Got to get into that. Other than conscious mind, meditation does that. Uh, emotional freedom technique. Are you familiar with like tapping? No, I'm not. Okay, well, we can. <laughs> I'm not an expert in that, but I have used it. Um, uh, hypnotherapy. Uh, there's all kinds of, of modalities that can help rewire those beliefs to change them to ones that serve you better. And one of the ways to know what are the beliefs that are wired into your brain is what are look at your circumstances. What is your outer world showing you? That is a reflection of what you believe.
0: So as you're talking, I'm I, I'm hearing what you're saying but my mind is going to people that throw up these vision boards. Uh-huh. And, or, you know, I don't know if that's what they're called, but they put up the board with the big boat and the big house and it's like, just visualize it and it will happen. And and I'll be honest, I have never seen that happen. (laughs) And I I know that people have said that they've met people, that that's what they've done. They, they dreamed about it and made it happen. Yeah. So part of me, and I I also made notes that we should do another show just on that because. Mm -hmm. I can tell that that's an area that I would struggle with and just simply, I guess the word would be manifesting, Yeah, you know, you just think it, you think it enough that it will happen. So that's not the way I grew up, but exactly. I see that a lot of people are, are talking about that and the things where you're talking about, you know, getting in a in a medis- meditative state, getting into a state of what's it called? Allowance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is, that, is that what you Yeah, meant-
1: Yeah. Allowance, ease and flow like if you imagine like you're just floating on a a river that's carrying you downstream that's really easy you're just floating along easier said than done i get right. that cuz i struggle with this as well it's not like i have all the answers um to your point about visualization that is a great piece and it's a uh, but it, there's more to it than just putting a visual visual uh, a Board together with pictures, <laughs> and I got one. I got two of them, but it, there's more to it than that. It it involves the actual getting into the feeling, and I I create customized meditation gratitude meditations. This is what I do with them: is I help people get into that feeling of gratitude. When you can feel gratitude for something, not only something that's happened in the past or something that you're experiencing right now, but something that you are manifesting or something that is a goal when you can feel gratitude for it as if it has already happened you're energizing it and magnetizing it that's the piece that miss that i think a lot of people miss in the visual in the in the boards is they think they just put pictures up and they just look at it one time as they're putting it together never look at it again or look at it but don't actually feel like oh my gosh i'm so grateful that the thing on this board has come to be real like really feeling it so let me give you and your listeners a, um a practical exercise that you can do to help you get into feeling more gratitude and therefore attracting more things to be grateful for okay right so so uncle marv what's something that happened in the past day couple of days that totally pissed you off. And you were like, I can't believe this. <laughs>
0: you want me to say that on the air?
1: I don't know. You're <laughs> I'll, you say what you want to say. I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. In the last day uh, probably would be, as I look at my notes here, because I have my phone in front of me. Uh, So I would say a client making the decision without consulting me first. Is that okay? General okay. Enough.
1: Sure, and then that let that, that like pissed you off.
0: Well, yeah, because it of course disrupts mm-hmm. my plan for them. It also means I have to explain to them why making that decision without me yeah. is not a good thing. And it uh, actually, in that particular case, the decision that they made couldn't actually be done the way they wanted it to happen, which okay. caused some more friction.
1: Okay, so this is something normally you would be complaining about.
0: I mean, it's something where it the problem is it happens a lot, so yeah. I'm so, used to it. But I mean, it still annoys it, you. It, it annoys me, but it doesn't, I, I okay. mean- and that's, that's the part. I mean, I'm used to it. So maybe that's not the best example, but that, okay.
1: well, you've come to tolerate it, but yes. <laughs> that's a whole other show yeah. of tolerations. All right. So you've got this situation where something's annoying you, something's pissing you off. Somebody did something and, and you want your first initial thing is to complain or to grumble about it instead. And so accept, okay, cool. I got it. I got it. But Like this client pissed me off, but I'm grateful. What? What are you grateful for?
0: Well, they're still my client and they're going to pay the bill.
1: There you go. So anytime you catch yourself complaining or criticizing something, add on, but I'm grateful for, and you will start to condition yourself to look, to find the gratitude more quickly And this is how you train yourself to become a more grateful person, a more naturally grateful person. Seems like, again, it seems like a really simple exercise, right? Like, this is stupid. How is this going to change my outlook? I'm telling you, if you start doing it, you will naturally move quickly, more quickly to gratitude than staying in the complaint place. And the reason, have you ever heard you shouldn't use the reason but, or the word but?
0: You know, I've heard it. I've not... Quite, yeah, delved into the full extent of it, but I've heard that, it's yeah, like, but and no, you shouldn't use those negative words,
1: yeah, because normally, the word but like if I said, Uncle Marv, you did a fantastic job, that podcast episode was great, but there was this one thing that I would change. I just negated the whole first part of that compliment and and congratulations and replaced it with the the but thing, which is why the people normally say you use and. In this case, we're using it deliberately to negate the first part, which is the complaint or the criticism and to focus on the but I'm grateful for. The grateful for part is what we are focusing on.
0: Okay. That just reminded me of a conversation I was having with somebody about the Compliment sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say the good thing, then the bad thing, and then follow up with the good thing. i'm like, Okay, well, everybody knows the bad thing is there, and that's what that's what we're going to focus on. So why even bring right. that up? But yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, and I guess I had been doing that with those client situation because in that particular situation, I usually do say, "Hey, it is what it is," because you know what, at the end of the day. They don't argue with the bill. They pay the invoice and we move on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you focused on the gratitude part and it kind of negates or lessens yeah. the the critical part. And you can use this at everything, everything in life and business. So I challenge everyone who's listening to start using, I mean, you can start it right away. As soon as you're done listening to the podcast, you don't even have to be done listening. You can start right now. <laughs> What right. I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the podcast. We've mentioned it a couple of times, and you've done this now. I mean, what are you at? 150 episodes or 100. something?
1: 100. Thank you for. But I will. Yes, I just 100. Um,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I, I published episode
1: lot. 100. Was published uh, uh, just about a month ago.
0: Okay, there. No, you have 101.
1: Well. The summer, we have summer sessions running. Okay. So they are kind of the reruns, the best of from the past 100 episodes.
0: Okay. So let me ask, let me ask a couple of questions and I want to ask this one first, and it's not the correct order. I'm not a journalist, so. It's all good. Uh, when you first started the podcast, you were doing a podcast. And then immediately following that show would be a meditation exercise Mm -hmm. that kind of worked with the first show. Yeah. And so it felt like two separate shows, but they were connected. You haven't been doing that lately. Uh, Can I ask what the change was?
1: Yeah, it was, I did it for the whole first season, first 36 episodes, and then um, a little bit into the next 10 or so episodes. I was writing all of those meditations myself and even though they're only 10 minute meditations, it just it took so much time and energy because this this might sound weird but we're talking about energy. those are kind of channeled. Like I would just get into this quiet space and just go, all right, what am I, what is this meditation? And then have it like come through, but it doesn't come through in 10 minutes. It takes like an hour or more to get it. And then I have to record it and then I have to edit it and I have to, all the thing. it was just taking a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I stopped doing it. I figured I've got like 50 of them. How many meditations does someone need? Uh, yeah. But 50 on different topics.
0: Okay. I just thought maybe you had moved them, you know, into a different section in in your courses or something that if, they, no. if people wanted them, they could go there to but get them it, more.
1: Yes, it would be a very good idea. And it's on my list of things to do, just not at the top, to take all of those meditations and put them into one section of the website where they would be easily accessible. But uh, if anybody goes to the website to find them, you could just search on meditation and they'll all come up.
0: All right. So fine is a four-letter word. And I'll have the link there. And it's interesting the way that you presented the title. FINE is all caps (laughs) and then is a four-letter word. And it looks like the original premise of the show was that you would help to give people hope beyond what is FINE. Mm -hmm. But now, lately, it seems like it's more of how to correct all of these, what I would consider unhealthy things when it comes to us saying that things are fine. Is that it's, been all, it's all
1: related. It yeah. really the the purpose of the show when I started it and still is today is one to help people realize that there's nothing wrong with you. Because a lot of times your life is fine. You look at your, your from the outside, you've got all the things, you know, the family, the job, the health, whatever, everything looks Great. And you feel like something's missing. There must be something wrong with me that I have all this great stuff and I can't appreciate it or I don't, it's not enough. But there's nothing wrong. That's your soul crying for more because our souls are designed to grow and expand for as long as we're here. And the second thing is you're not alone. There are other people going through this. You're not unique in that feeling of. What else is there? Isn't there more? Isn't there something better, bigger, more? And so there's nothing wrong with you. You're not alone. That's still the underlying premise of the show. The The reason I created it and the whole idea that fine, you know, people just say fine all the time. How is it? How are you? I'm fine. No, you're not like.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 but most of the time people won't dig further.
1: Right. Well, and people say I'm fine for two, again, two reasons. One, they don't want to burden you, the listener, with all of their crap. Like, you know, you don't want to hear it. So I'll just tell you it's fine. And, or they don't want to admit to themselves that everything is not
0: fine. I'll admit it. When people ask me that, I'll be like, do you really want to know? (laughs) And most of the time they were like, no, I don't.
1: Because they don't want to engage.
0: Right especially if they've heard me do it before. If I've said, do you want to know? And they're like, yeah, I want to know. And then I'll tell them, you know, I really didn't want to know. Yeah. Which is why I've learned not to really ask people if I don't want to know.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. We, because we, some people may start off saying, I'm fine. <sighs> but. <laughs> <laughs> and there it comes.
1: Right. There it comes. Right.
0: Uh, so I know that. So I've, I've heard your story. I've listened to, you know, some of the other podcasts that you've done. You've explained uh, some of your life changes and things that have happened, you know, pre-COVID, during COVID. How do you maintain a or manage stress in your life and then uh, do this life balance? Mm-hmm.
1: First of all, I don't believe in life balance. Okay. I believe in life integration. Like, I don't, everything is your life, whether it's you're at work, you're running a business, you're running a family, you are, you know, traveling around the country on your own on a road trip, whatever it is, it's all life. And so everything has to be integrated together. There isn't necessarily like a balancing act, like your family's over here and your work is over here. It's all it's all combined. You don't go mm-hmm. to work and completely forget you have a family. Like <laughs> I mean
0: <laughs> but it's in, that's how we've learned to think about it. I know. The spouse will be like, well you're spending this much time at work, you need to spend more time with me and of course we're like, okay, how do we balance that? That's usually
1: Right. right.
0: the first thing that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, and I look at it as more of an integration. How do you combine all of those things like uh, I love baking, that's why I had a baking company uh, mixing all of those ingredients together to create something amazing, like a, you know, great cookie, a cake or whatever that is your life. Mm. And so to your question of how do I do that? I practice meditation every single day in the morning. When I wake up, I do a meditation and I've come to, you know, gotten to this place where that's just part of what I do. That's who I am. And that's really where, when you're talking about rewiring the brain, it becomes a thing of what you do becomes who you are. It, it's stepping into that identity. James Clear in in Atomic Habits talks about that that you have to when you're creating new habits, it has to become a part of who you are, beyond just something that you do once in a while. If you're going to become a healthy, you know, you're going to eat more healthfully that becomes part of who you are. I don't eat meat. I don't eat um animals. I say I don't eat anything with feet. So technically I'm a pescatarian. But I don't have to think every time I go to a restaurant, "Oh, do I want a burger?" No, that's not part that's not who I am. It's the same thing when you're talking about meditation or any healthful any habit, whether it's healthy or not. Mm-hmm. Is that who you are or who you would like to be?
0: All right. So we really can't keep going into all these things. There's so many asking.
1: I know. I know. And we're gonna so be many thoughts out and of questions time. I have. Yeah.
0: Uh let's do this. Let's uh focus on you've got a uh I guess it's a program coming up, uh staying calm in chaos. Mm-hmm. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So it goes back to that whole idea of you know, people would I I found ways to stay calm, grounded focused amidst all of the the chaos around me. Uh, so people started asking me how I was doing it. And it part, meditation is a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And so there were a lot of tools and techniques like the one I just shared about, but I'm grateful for. And that's what, so I put together staying calm in chaos as a way to be able to help a lot more people get this basis for using gratitude, using meditation, using acceptance as ways to change how they respond to situations. And that's really the key is how can you respond thoughtfully in in a way that you can be proud of versus reacting impulsively. Where you look back and go, ooh, that wasn't, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or you've dug the hole even deeper because you just jumped to a conclusion and started screaming, you know?
0: Huh. So all of that you've got kind of jam-packed into a audio course?
1: It's a 10 session audio course. So that's okay. the cool thing about this program is it's 10 audio sessions that are about 10 minutes each. So it's really easy to consume. It's not something that you're gonna buy and you need, you know, 15 hours to go through it because who has that kind of time? Right. And <laughs> so you can start seeing benefits after the first 10 minute session. And then there are also five meditations that come with it that uh that are also. T- about ten minutes each, so really easy to consume. Forty-seven dollars, come on, forty-seven dollars to find. Well, I your way. I was going to
0: say that you've got a lot of values added here when you took when you put in the meditations, which you know anybody that does these meditation sessions, you know, those can be quite expensive uh, to do that, and then to do the ten part course. The uh, you've got a PDF guide that's going to go with it. So yeah, we're going to have a link to all of that. Um, that if anybody is interested in what Lori has uh, said today that we've chatted with and you want to get a clearer picture, um, besides what I tried to explain,
1: I <laughs> will have the link. <laughs> I think you uh, did a good job. Signing up for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's all about how how to really stay grounded and and stay in your, let's say, right mind. You know, instead of losing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So zenrabbit.com and fine is a four letter word podcast. I'll have the links to those. Lori, what else, uh, what else you got going on? I, I remember. So one of the first podcasts that I listened to yours, you had talked about, yeah, long are the days where we were hanging on the beach in Fort Lauderdale during spring break and i'm thinking hmm that sounds about the time that i was in school and mm-hmm. fort lauderdale was big during spring break are we are we yep. talking the 80s yep yep we are and uh interesting
1: yeah and now, i really was i i spent a spring break i think it was uh sophomore year maybe yeah from college yeah
0: now did you grow up in Florida where it was an easy drive or were you from out of no. state and you took the lo- the road trip down here?
1: No, I, we flew.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I went to school in Washington, DC and some girlfriends, sorority sisters and I flew down. One of them had their her parents had a house in Boca and uh, we flew into West Palm, which at the time you deboarded, is that the right word from the plane? outside. outside it's like yeah. yeah. Like, like you're in the Bahamas or something. It was in West Palm beach. Now it's an international airport, but at that time it was the weirdest thing. Cause I'd never yep. seen that before, but yeah. Yep, and yeah. then we spent, um, the whole week we were sleeping in Boca, but we were on the beaches in Fort Lauderdale,
0: All right. which
1: isn't, it's not far if, for people who don't geographically know it's maybe 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. I wasn't going to tell people that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not because I,
0: I live in Fort Lauderdale now, so yeah, I get I get all those questions, and people are like, "Can I still come there for spring break?" I'm like, "You can, but it's not what it was."
1: No, 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 not at all, not at all. I don't know where they go now, but
0: uh, they don't come here. They don't. You can't jump off of hotel roofs into the pool anymore.
1: Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Lori, I appreciate the time you spent with me today. I, again, I realize we can't get into everything, but I wanted to get you on because I, I feel like we're on a similar journey. Yeah. You're obviously further along than I am and a lot more knowledgeable and maybe I can pick your brain down the road.
1: Absolutely. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and have this conversation with you.
0: All right. And I will definitely, I'm going to promote your link here to the Staying Calm and Chaos program. So if any of my listeners want to take part in that, the link will be in the show notes and you can get all of that for $47. Well, that's that's a meal. That's a lunch.
1: <laughs> it is definitely worth the investment. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, thank you for hanging out and uh, meeting my friend, Lori Seitz. Again, she is the CEO of Zen Rabbit, and the podcast host for Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Go to her site, check her out, and uh, we'll chat some more soon. All right, Lori? Take care. All righty. We'll see you soon. Folks, we'll be back with another episode here in about a week. Listen, what you learned today should help you going forward, and it's part of the mission to help you live happy and be healthy. We'll see you soon. Holla.